Welcome to Spotlight by Play Craze. The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! A podcast that shines some light on amazing people in the baseball world. Deja vu all over again, as uh, Yogi Berra would say. Introducing your host and the founder of Play Crate, Josh Ben. Hey everybody, my name is Josh, I'm the founder of Plate Crate, and welcome to Spotlight, a podcast where we shed some light on people in the baseball and softball community. Uh, This could be anyone from players, coaches, entrepreneurs, anyone who has an interesting story that we can learn from. Uh, Today we have an amazing guest, his name is CJ Beatty. I've known CJ at this point for, for a pretty long time. You might know him as the baseball and the softball motivator. He's a business coach, a life coach, a public speaker, a musician, uh, former professional baseball player for the White Sox Cardinals organizations, and so, so much more. I'm super excited to dig in and uh, and just get to know you even more, um, even though we've known each other for a little bit. Um, so welcome to the show, CJ Beatty. Hey, I appreciate it, Big Josh. You know what time it is. When you, <laughs> when you, see, when you see me in the building, you already know what time it is and what's about to go down. I love Thanks, it, man. Dude. But thanks, but thanks for having me, man. I've heard so many great things about your podcast and what you're doing, so it's a um, it's a pleasure to be on here. Awesome, thanks, and I'm I'm, I'm happy I had you because we've had we've had so many conversations over the the past I don't even know five years. I remember, um, you know, when I first started Playcrate, you were one of the first people I spoke with, and I actually remember I, I saw you. I was trying out at. Um, I don't even know which team it was in the Frontier League, and uh, I randomly ran into you in like one of the hallways. I was like, "That's CJ Beatty." He's, I was like, "I know him." Yeah. I tapped on your shoulder. We had a short conversation, and uh, yeah, and here we are, like five years later, four years later, however long it's been, we've kept in touch, and um, I've j- I've loved seeing you grow the baseball motivator, the softball motivator, seeing all your public speaking. So I'm just I'm excited to to get in the podcast and just learn more about what you're doing. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man. Hey, I'm locked and loaded, man. Let's get it going. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think we could we could start just a little bit um, with your history, right? So tell us a little bit about where you grew up um, and maybe even how you got into baseball in the first place. Dude, I mean, I'm from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Um, grew up playing baseball. Started at the age of five. And uh, just, you know, the typical route that every every uh, baseball person takes. You know, at the age of five, I was playing t-ball at the local Little League, South Little League. And, uh, and from there, that's where, that's where my, uh, journey can, that's where my journey started, man. Awesome. And then you, you obviously played high school. Uh, you played college ball. Where'd you play college? I went to North Carolina A&T State University mm-hmm. in Greensboro. We played in the, in the MEAC conference. Nice. And so you're playing, you're playing there outfielder, obviously. Were you an outfielder at that time? Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, switch hitting outfielder at that time, I'm assuming, switch, right? Switch hit, switch hit <laughs> outfield. Yep, and then, uh, and then kind of the, you know, the one of the best parts of, of everyone's career, what they're always dreaming to do is get drafted, right? So maybe, you know, anyone that's listening to, to this podcast right now, they're probably, um, you know, somebody that wants to get drafted one day, or they might be a coach and they want to know what that's like. Um, so they can pass that on to their kids, but, you know, take us through that process. I love hearing people's draft stories and, and what that's like, cause it's, it's kind of a dream come true. So what what was your draft story like? I mean, it was, it was something that if I could bottle it up and, (laughs) and unscrew the top and replay it every day, I would. Yeah. 
I mean, it was it was magical. I mean, at the age of what nine or ten is when I mm. said to myself, "Hey, I want to get drafted. I want to want to play professional baseball one day." Um, and to finally have that happen in 2009, it was like all the hard work, blood, sweat, and tears. Um, starting at the age of nine or ten, it all it all came to that final goal, man. And and it was something huge. It was huge for me. Uh, we had uh, we had a draft party at my aunt's house. That's cool. And it was great. And we had you know the news crews came by. I invited some intimate friends and family. So it was more uh, like my little league coach was there, uh, my middle school coach, high school coach, um, a travel ball coach, his families, um, you know, and, and of course my intermediate family. You know, my aunt her family it was, just, it was just it was so it was so great to have some very important people that meant a lot to me on my journey there at that time to take that in I feel like me getting drafted was was everybody in the room was getting drafted that day because they poured so much into me so it was it was beautiful man to share that that's so cool. I, that's why I love hearing people's draft stories because it's always a, it's always such a feel good story, right? Because um, yeah, you are with people who who followed you and they believe in you and um, and they help you through your whole career. And just to have them on that day, that must have been amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, dude, it, it, it was good. I mean, freaking when the Cardinals called me um, and said that they might take me, and then they left me about five or six rounds go by i'm like yo what's up man these people <laughs> called me and they ain't they ain't, they ain't drafted me on this website what's going on next thing you know on the live internet feed they said the st louis cardinals select outfielder christian Beatty out of north carolina ant state university i was like oh snap it's your boy bro what's up what's happening i'm about to go talk to la Russa real quick where i was who holds that man hey yachty yachty what's up it's your boy man so it was it was very fun dude that's awesome and then you go so you get drafted and then it happens pretty quickly right you get drafted and then what like a week later not even two days later you're on a plane Um, you're 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 driving it was more like it was more like a week a week later okay is when um since i signed right away it was like look they could offer me you know a snickers bar and and a potato (laughs) chips and i was taking it yeah um so i didn't hold out i signed immediately (laughs) Um, and uh they they told me that i was going to report to the short season team and um advanced rookie in johnson city tennessee to play for the cardinals Mm -hmm. dude that's great and then so i mean so you play a few years um like any minor league story right some people Mm -hmm. bounce around there's injuries there's all these crazy stuff uh things that happen to you Everyone has kind of like a twisting, turning road of events that happened. Um, but you end up playing for a few years, right? Because you played, you played with the Cardinals, you played with the White Sox, you played indie ball for a little bit in the Frontier League. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how many how many teams did you end up playing on? What? Like, <laughs> I had look, I, I lost count, man. I played. If you talk about from the Cardinals all the way until I stopped playing, shoot, that's I haven't even tallied that number before. I wouldn't even know where to start. I yeah, had independent ball. Um, trying to get another opportunity before the White Sox signed me out of the Frontier League. I played four four years, six different teams. Yep. You know, yeah, I was the journeyman, bro. I was I was traveling. I was getting around. <laughs> you know, from the depths of you know independent ball and pro ball, will have you everywhere. From the depths of 
um, the border of Mexico, the mm-hmm. su- South Texas, yep. uh, all the way up until all the way up uh, in Nebraska with the Lincoln Lincoln Salt Dogs, all the way, <laughs> you know, just everywhere, bro. Like, I mean, shoot, baseball took me all the way to Australia to play in the ABL for two seasons. I so, didn't know you played there. I didn't know you yeah, played there. Dude, I played yep. for the, shout out to the Brisbane Bandits, man. You know how we hold it down, man. Yeah, so, it's awesome. But yeah, man, baseball takes you everywhere. I just in 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 the end, I ended up playing six years um, and gaining uh, six years of professional baseball, seven years of pro experience. Once I became a pro scout afterwards. Yeah, that's awesome. And there's there's honestly there's zero supplement for learning that journey because once you've been in you know bouncing back and forth from indie ball in the I don't even I don't know if you've ever played in like the United League and then the Frontier League and then oh, yeah. and then Australia I mean oh, yeah. it's uh the Edinburgh, the Edinburgh Roadrunners yeah I was on the I was on the Fort Worth Cats so yeah, I was on San them Angelo, San Angelo uh, Colts <laughs> yep. I played for the Fort, Fort Worth Cats Yep. Yeah, it was crazy because I was on the Aces. That was my first team, and then indie ball life. Oh, they just ran out of money and <laughs> released everybody. I mean, that's that's, that's, typical. Yeah. that's typical. Yep. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I actually side side story. Do you know? I mean, there's a there's a guy I used to play with Brian Bestain. Do you remember Brian? Oh, of, course, of course. Yeah. So I played with Brian. He's. I was like, Brian, how many teams have you been on? Because he's just one of those guys. He's been everywhere. Everyone seems to know him. You know him. And he's like, man, I could write a book called Released. The amount of times I've been released from teams. <laughs> but he kept playing, man. I think he had like a 12 or 13-year career. Like, it was crazy. But hearing hearing the, the stories that, um, you know, sometimes go untold, like like the Roadrunner stories and being in the United League, I don't think those stories get told enough by indie ball players. They, they, um, they don't. And I got with my author the other day. We're finishing my first book sit. A part of my book series and uh i told him i want to be like the jose canseco of the <laughs> ball story so i'm gonna yeah. do a tell it all josh a tell I, it all i think that is an absolutely great idea because you must have so many stories and indie ball oh, is like a different man. world <laughs> oh, oh man yeah like, yeah it's like the real world yeah <laughs> awesome well uh so you you know you played seven years you had a great career got tons of experience you played all over the world um you know, and then and then you stop playing. You know what? Why why did you stop playing? What was the decision there? Well, I mean, what made me, what helped me make that decision was, you know, I was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, I launched I launched the baseball motivator brand. Um, well, actually, I launched my motivational speaking company in 2013. Mm-hmm. I stopped playing in 2015. So, towards the end of my career, I was a motivational speaker. Um, but I noticed how it would never grow while I was playing baseball, mm-hmm. it would never grow. It only grew in the off season. And then people say, well, that's okay. It'll always be there. Well, towards the end, if people don't understand it, if you're not in, let's say, triple A by the mm-hmm. age of 27, or at least double A or something like that, knocking on the door of triple A, the door of getting back to affiliated ball was closing for me. You know, so here I am, like, trying to get another opportunity, um, being that old, and I was just like, well, it's starting to close. What am I going to do if and when baseball season is completely over with for me? My career is over. And I knew that I wanted to fall into motivational speaking as a career. But I kept saying, hey, dude, how are you going to build a career to transition into if you never grow it? Like, yeah. you just never yep. spend time in it. So what really helped me make that decision is once I got that last opportunity with the White Sox, um, and that didn't work out the way that I wanted. 
I just said, you know what? I'm just ready to, for the next step. I'm ready to put, hang up these cleats and maybe go into coaching or just something frees me up to be able to speak more and grow mm-hmm. my business. Um, and something, a curveball came and I, and I took it. And I, <laughs> I hit it pretty hard. Cardinals contacted me right when I hung them up and they told me that they had a spot open for me to be a pro scout and assistant hitting coach. So I took that and uh, that was that was a game changer for me. You know, yeah. for everything that I do now for the rest of my life, you know, I'll be, you know, a pro scout and uh, assistant hitting coach in the minor league. So it's like I was able to be on the other side of the fence, big league camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a catching, uh, a catching lesson literally from Yadier Molina. <laughs> that's pretty, that's uh, sitting, pretty cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sitting in the, uh, in the release meetings, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. So I was like, yo, this is, this is some back backstage access right here, man. So, yeah, but I loved it, man. And that's what really helped me make that decision. It's just for life after baseball, just really wanting to grow my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you said something pretty interesting there, like right, right when you decided to leave pro ball, pro ball mm-hmm. said Hey, we we actually want to hire you as a as a scout and as a uh, and as a hitting consultant. Um, that doesn't happen to everybody. You know what I mean? People get released yeah. all the time, but you must have had a great relationship. I mean, why do you think they they said we want you back? We we want to work with you. There must have been something you did, um, you know, throughout your whole playing career. Uh, whether the way it's you know the way you treated people, the way you spoke to people, or the way you motivated people. Um, why do you think that they they hired you back so quickly? I, I think just because of that, man, the way I motivated people, they were very aware of that. And also while I was there, the write-ups on me was I had great makeup. You know, I was mm-hmm. a great locker room guy. Um, the coaches loved me. They kept the lo- I kept the locker room balanced and, and helped them with that. So they just knew you mix motivation with the person that has the ability that's coachable and he's a great locker room guy. I think that, that makes you know, that makes the ingredients for a good coach. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so they really, they really did take a liking to me. And they said that, that a lot of people, you know, apply for scouting jobs and things like that each year, hundreds of hundreds of applications come in. Um, but, you know, of course, with me being a former St. Louis Cardinal draftee, draft pick, it allowed me, you know, to have a, a better chance of getting selected. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, so you, you know, you get hired back, you're a hitting consultant, you're a scout, you're still on the, you know, the baseball path, even though you might not be playing at this point. Where did, uh, where did the baseball motivator come in, right? Because you're already public speaking, but mm-hmm. I mean, was the baseball motivator, was, did you have this vision for the baseball motivator the whole time? Or were you kind of doing some public speaking and it just kind of materialized? Can you take us through like, what was the start of the baseball motivator? Well, I was speaking and the reason why I started speaking was because I felt like it was my duty as a professional athlete to be a motivational speaker. Why? Derek Jeter did it in the offseason. Ken Griffey Jr. was seen doing it in the offseason. So those are my, like, role models. Mm-hmm. So when I saw them doing it, I said, shoot, I want to do it in my own community. So when I started as a motivational speaker in 2013, I was doing it for free. You know, I was calling myself a speaker, but I was doing it for free because I was a professional baseball player. I mm-hmm. felt like that was our duty. Um, in 2015, I knew that I wanted to make it a career. That's when I knew that my, my that's when I retired from playing in that year. And I said, well, what's next? But I didn't know that I could sustain myself financially. I looked up 
um, actually not looked up. I was able to meet with one of my mentors, uh, Tony Gaskins. He's a relationships, uh, very well-known relationships uh, coach. And I, in spring training with the Chicago White Sox, he just so happened to have a, a seminar in Phoenix while I was in Glendale. It worked out that we got done for the day. I was able to go have dinner with him, and I picked his brain. I said, how do I get to the next step as a motivational speaker? He said, CJ, I'm not going to lie to you. You just got a couple questions to answer. And at dinner, he, he asked me a very valuable question. He said, well, CJ, what will somebody pay you? You know, $10,000 to hear you talk about it. And I was like, $10,000? <laughs> it's a lot of indie ball games. I said, whoa. <laughs> you know, I'm still, like, I literally, I'm still playing minor league ball yeah. and peanut butter and jelly every day. You know, I'm over here like 10000 Like, if, if I would have got somebody at that time to give me 500 I would have threw a party. I would have threw a house party. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, um, but when he asked me that question, he walked away and he had to go use the restroom. But I was really thinking about that. And I was doing process of elimination, Josh. And I literally said to myself, talking out loud, I was like, well, I didn't finish school. I left for the MLB draft after my junior year. So it can't be off my degree. I don't have that. What else could I talk about that somebody would want to pay me $10,000 to talk about? I said, all I have left is baseball. There has to be something in baseball. So as he comes back to the table, he sits down and he says, okay, so what did you come up with? And I said, it has to be something in baseball. I don't have my degree. So the only thing, all I know is baseball. Baseball is my whole life. So it has to be something in baseball. Thinking that that is the final answer he's looking for. And he says, okay, great. Uh, now, what in baseball? And I'm like, um, <laughs> okay, um, hmm. But I don't want to talk about X's and O's because, oh, my God, so many people are online talking about X's and O's, how to swing, how to do, how to do. I don't want to get into that. You know, I don't want to build a page that's just throwing himself into it. This is how you hit. I just, I'm not about that. If, you, if that's for you, you do it. But I'm not about that. I don't mm -hmm. want that controversy. Um, he said, okay, what else? And I was thinking. He said, what are you passionate about? I said, okay. And it came to me, Josh, I was just like, something dealing with the mental, like the grind of baseball, like the grind, like the mental preparation, mental toughness. I really love that stuff. I, I got it late in my career, and I wish I would have had it early. He said, bingo, there it is. That's cool. What you just said, I wish I would have had it earlier. That's mm -hmm. where you, that's where you, that's what you provide. Because if you feel like there's a need for that, then you supply it, that you bridge the gap. So that's exactly what I did. And he said, come up with a name and you start there. So as I was thinking about a name, I was like, okay, um, baseball God. No, that's too, that's too much. Jeez, that's too much. <laughs> uh, I was like, baseball guru. I said, no, nah, that sounds corny. <laughs> I'm like, what in the world could I be? It's like motivation and baseball come together. Baseball. Then I was like, motivator, like the base, the baseball motivator. That's perfect. Said, Yo, yeah. the baseball. Mo I said it's the baseball motivator, but it's not so much like look at me. It's just like look, I'm talking about something positive. The baseball motivator, you know. So I just said that's what I'm gonna be. So I launched TBM right then and there, bro. 
Man. 2015, I came running. My head was cut off, and I launched TBM. I changed my personal page to the TBM page, and I went from 9,000 followers to 30,000 in seven months. And, um, it, I mean, that was at a time where the analytics were wide open. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're not, they're not like that no more. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, so that that's the story on how I started TBM. Dude, man, I, I've never heard that story. That's 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 an awesome story. It seems like that you had that guidance from was it was he a mentor of yours or a coach? Well, yeah, you know, he was a mentor of mine. He was somebody that I looked up to when I started in 2013. I reached out to, you know, like Eric Thomas. I reached out to Tony Gaskins. I reached out to a lot of people. You know, E.T. A lot of people. Yeah. Those were the only two that was able to come back to E.T. Uh-huh. E.T. was the one that got me started with a push start on directing me towards YouTube. Um, And then Tony was the one that was really keeping me level headed on how to navigate through the rigors of being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So those I dedicate a lot of my success to them, you know, in the beginning, uh, now helping me navigate towards where I'm at today. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, we're all we're all grateful that you got that navigation because it seems like I mean, it's not a spark moment, but it was definitely, um, you know, a course correct, I guess, in mm-hmm. your career, because I mean, it seems like everything really happened pretty quickly after that. But I think, you know, one of the things I want to get into, I have like a light list of questions, but you, you I mean, I, I could throw this phone out the window right now. I don't even need the questions because your 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 stories just lend so many you know things that I want to talk about. Um, but one of the things you said was, um, you know, you wanted to, um, help people, you know, do things that you could have done, you know, maybe better. Right. So that was kind of the point of the baseball motivator is you had all this experience and you wanted to pass that experience along to people. Right. Um, you know, what, could you give us some examples of that? Cause at this point you've done, you've done camps, you've done public speak, uh, speaking engagements all around the country. Um, you've done all the lives, like what, if you could give us the top three, right? Someone has never heard you t- speak before. They haven't been to your page. They don't really know the baseball motivator yet. Um, you know, what are the top three things that you wish you might have done differently or that you, you know, maybe relating to the grind of baseball that you were talking about that could help some kids out, you know, today or tomorrow when they're, when they're practicing? I mean, the, well, realistically, it's, I think, the, the the biggest the biggest pit pitfall that a lot of athletes make is they don't understand how important they know it but they don't understand it mm-hmm. they know of it but you don't understand it they don't understand the the importance of growing your mind like they don't understand that they they hear it from their parents they hear it from their coaches they hear it from uh, uh, people like myself online but they don't dig deep themselves to understand it because. Like for right now, I feel like I'm going live right now on my Instagram, (laughs) but they don't understand that this time away during this uh, coronavirus pandemic Mm -hmm. is perspective. If they could only understand that, hey, stop panicking. You're not getting left behind because everybody's in this situation. There's nobody out there still playing. Everybody's at home in quarantine. Everybody's somewhere getting better by throwing a ball against the wall. But you know what? A lot of people are not putting putting pictures up and videos up about getting their mental together. Yeah, they're not. You scroll up and down, and this and this throwback home runs being posted. It's it's videos talking about hey man, when you're at home, make sure you're doing this drill. 
But so your abilities are growing, but your mentality is staying the same. Mm-hmm. Like the people aren't getting better mentally. So when it does, they uplift the bands and everybody can come outside and everybody can go back to normal. Your mentality is going to be the same. Those same errors are going to pop up mm-hmm. because you don't process things differently. You know, so I just think that's why I'm passionate about being the baseball and softball motivator, because I want to grow this. I realized late in my career, Josh, that I didn't have this. I had just ability, talent, and some praying parents. <laughs> I mean, that's what I had, ability, talent, and some praying parents. And that's what got me drafted. I was able to get drafted off of ability. They're like, nah, dude, you had to have some mental. Yeah, I had some. <laughs> But it was coupled with I can throw 92 from the outfield and I can switch hit and drop bombs. But the reason why I didn't stay is because I didn't have this. Mm-hmm. What do you like, think? You sure? They're like, are you sure about that? I'm like, yeah. Because as a pro scout, I had to look for people like me. When I was in those release meetings, I saw me get released all over again. It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah, I mean, I saw that. So, t- like, t- I mean, take us take us through the release meetings. Release meetings are horrible, right? They're terrible. They're terrible. You're, you're, release, you're, meetings, you're... release meetings are terrible, but they're only terrible whenever you see somebody that 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 you feel shouldn't get released. Mm-hmm. They're not terrible whenever you see like, mm, I see why. I, like, I I I was in release meetings because I didn't have any like dog in the race because mm-hmm. I was a new coach and everything. I didn't really know anybody. I was in release meetings like this. <laughs> because I'm over here like, yo, this is great content. This is great stuff to talk about. Like, I didn't know this. I'm actually in here right now. They're letting me in here. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, like it was crazy. It's intense. It's an intense. It's an intense atmosphere where it's almost as if you're fighting for what you believe. And I tell I tell my kids all the time, and my parents all the time in my speakings. That when you're up there on that board, nobody can help you. They're only going to put underneath your name, your stats, and your coaches might, keyword might, raise their hand to speak on your behalf. Might. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that's really going to be up there is your statistics. That's, that's I mean, it's unfortunate, but that in those release meetings, that's what it's about. It's like we got Josh Band right here. He batted. He batted 225. We got C.J. Beatty right here to bat at 227. Josh had 15 doubles. C.J. had 13. Basically, what I'm saying is Josh and C.J. were the same. Mm-hmm. But what separates it is this. Who thinks, who wants to stand up for about, uh, about for Mr. Band? I got you, uh, Skipper. Let's see, uh, I like Josh because he's, an, he's a good clubhouse guy. He's uh, he's somebody I feel like is versatile. We've been working with him a little bit at second base. We've been working with him in his transactions. Um, I like his speeds. I like where he's going. And I always call him. He always calls me. He's always up early working. All right, does anybody have anything to say about CJ? I mean, he's, he's got ability, but I just don't see that that work inside of him. And when you see that happening there, wow. it's like, whoa, like CJ gets the boot, but Josh stays because of the little things. Hence why I started this, because I'm trying to get these kids to understand how important the little things are when it comes to being a deciding factor. It's like it always came up when it came to a tie. Usually the tiebreakers were 
that little thing that he had to offer that the next person didn't. And that little thing is the big thing that kept that person there and that person packing their stuff going back home. The little thing. Same stats, but something little was the deciding factor. Yeah, and the and the players don't even know, right? Because this is happening behind closed doors. So so right, CJ gets cut. Good, Josh. Josh gets to stay. I'm happy about that. But but we don't know why they didn't come up to me after and say, "Hey, Josh, you kind of you, you slid by." You know, yeah, we we see you gonna, working. They're not gonna tell you why. Sometimes they won't tell you why. Sometimes they'll just be like, "Hey, keep going at it," and then they'll tell the guy that got released, "Hey, man, you know the numbers didn't pan out your way this year." <laughs> I'm replaying the t- the last time I got released when I was when I was in Florence. Uh, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, numbers, what the, the what could I have done? This year. Yeah, like, okay. but uh, but I mean, you you touch on a really really big point, right? And I've had I've had some different people on here that have you know I've had people that you know, Cameron Monger, Matt Antonelli, all these people, and I actually I, Cam was a teammate, um, the baseballologist, and and I think one of the things I learned later in my career was how to be not even a good teammate but the best teammate. When you when you shift your focus from from um being goal oriented from average or home runs or doubles or anything into just being the absolute best teammate. Cuz what what I ended up realizing was everyone came to me for extra reps, right? So people say, "Hey Josh, I know like can you can you watch my swing? Can you throw me some BP?" after the game i'm like dude absolutely and then what happened was i would take bp after the game too even though i was going to go home after and, and grab some dinner and go to sleep you know what i mean so i realized the the more i could help other people the more other people wanted to help me as well and that was the time in my career where i got so much better you know what i mean so i think my question to you is i think when you're younger you really underestimate what it is to be a good teammate um because you're focused on getting from high school to college from college drafted drafted working way up the system up the system to mlb but the way to get there is actually um flipped on its head the way to get there is actually care about other people more than yourself and i learned that way later in my career but you know i'd love to hear your take on that and what do you think it is what do you think it means to be a good teammate man i the be a good well see i'll just break it down like this because there's so many ways you can go about being a good teammate yeah i'll break it for you to this is the best way that i can break it down being a good teammate elevated my stats. Mm-hmm. It elevated my stats. Being a good teammate allowed me to, to to make baseball fun again. When it started to be like, man, dang, this is tough. I'm not getting my opportunities. I'm not. People are not noticing. Uh, when I said, forget that, focus on being a great teammate. That's when fun started happening again. Mm-hmm. And when fun started happening again, that's when my batting average went up. Yeah. When fun started happening again, when I started being a great teammate, that's when practices were like, man, I'm having more fun. I'm having more fun at practice than I do the games. <laughs> because I was out there with my boys. I, we were out there getting better together. We were out there pushing each other. You know, you didn't want practice to end because that was like your camaraderie, your fraternity. So I would say being a great teammate is just not focusing on just yourself. Put yourself second in the team first. Well, that's crazy because the team ain't getting drafted, CJ, so why would you say something like that? The team ain't getting a scholarship. So why would you – I mean, I get what you're saying, but that's still stupid. No, it's not stupid. It's just that I'm on a different mentality. You got to see what I'm talking about. When I focused on growing other people, it was a better atmosphere as a team. 
when it's a better atmosphere as a team, it takes the stress off of you to come through. Mm-hmm. Because now, since it takes the stress off, I hit better. Because it's, the stress is gone now. Because I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm not putting stress on myself. I'm saying, Josh, you got me. Pick me up, big dog. And when he picks me up, I'm so happy for that. But that's contagious around. Now the team is hitting like gangbusters because we're all we're all affected with this positive energy. And this positive energy has the next man up mentality. And do you think if I'm up there like having a good old time and my team is gelling and we just destroying this team or just destroying this pitcher, what do you think my batting average is going to do? It's going to go up. Mm-hmm. It's going to go up. I might be 0 for 1. Coach says get the bunt down or I see that the third baseman's back. But you know what? Instead of me trying to drive a home run, I say, nah, I'm taking that, that guy from second. No outs. I'm butting him over. I sacrificed him. The dude, what, you could have drove him in. Nah, I, I want Josh to do it. Josh got it. Josh get the ground ball to second base. We get the run in. What if I would have popped up or lined out? I was thinking about the team. You know what happened? Now I'm still 0 for 1, but I come up. The next two at bats, I go 2 for 2. Now 2 for 3 with a sacrifice, with a sacrifice bunt. That was a deciding factor, and the scout saw that. Mm-hmm. You know, me as a scout, I see that. And that right there is called an impact player. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it can, it can go so many different ways, but if you are if you focus on being a great teammate, it'll really help take the load off and the stress off of your back. And when you take the stress off your back, you stop choking your abilities. Man, it is – I honestly think that could be the the most important advice you could give someone that's that's playing in from from little league all the way up to to college. If if you care deeply and you're competitive with baseball, right? I I always wanted to be in the major leagues, right? I did I did everything I could and I put so much pressure on myself and I'm sure you did too, right? When you're in high school and you're in college, um and you're in the minor leagues, you put so much pressure on yourself to perform and you do lose um, you lose the fun. And I'm like, where did that fun go? And in my last year of indie ball, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be the best teammate that all of these people have ever been around. I'm going to pick up after them. We're going to have fun. We're still going to be professional. We're still going to win games, but I'm going to get everybody really good at baseball. And it was not only the most fun time I've ever had, but it was the best I've ever played because I felt the energy from other people wanting me to do well. And that's what you were just talking about is I felt everybody was cheering for me. And in return, I was like, these guys love me. I love them. And we just gelled. And that that's the X factor. That's what a lot of teams are missing. And and it's it, it speaks back to all the way what we were talking about before is is everyone's working on skills. Everyone's working, which is really important. But people really I mean, this is a great time. We're in quarantine, right? Every everybody is sitting down like you can watch movies. That's fine. But this is a great time to reflect and think about how can I be a better teammate, um, a better friend to, to the people on my team? Because baseball is a team sport. You know what I mean? You can't win the game by yourself. Um, so I think I think that the advice you just gave is some of the most important advice that if people really, really take it to heart, it can it can help them more than throwing a ball against the wall during quarantine right now if they reflect on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a good point, bro. That's a good point. Yeah. So um, I want to take a little turn right now, right? Because we could talk about this all day. I love talking about this with you. This is great. Um, but I do want to take a turn and touch touch a little bit on your music career, right? Already. When I say CJ Beatty's a renaissance man, I mean it. Public speaker, <laughs> entrepreneur, and musician. 
I mean, where did this come from? I mean, is this something that's always been in your repertoire? I mean, have you have you always knew you were going to do music, or were you just like, this is something fun? I got to continue doing this. But can you tell us a little bit about your music? Uh-oh, did I lose you? Now nope, I got you. I got you back. We 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 cut out for a second, but not All right, too long. Go ahead. But you you I, I lost you when you was like, did did you always have this in your repertoire? And I lost you there. Yeah, no. I did you were you did you always know you were gonna be a musician, or did you just start making some music and you're like, I love this. I need to continue doing this because it's something I love. Just bring bring us into how you started music and 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 why, I guess. Man, it, it was it was crazy. It was some thing that the stars and the moon align uh, and and really because dude i've even to this day there's times where i'm like i can't believe i'm a musician i can't believe people buy my stuff um but back in 2015 um i broke i broke the monotony of the everyday entrepreneur and we have in our family you know you have your one family member one cousin that thinks they're a rapper (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, he is, he is, a, he is a rapper. Yeah. But, uh, he was the, he was the rapper in the family. So instead of, instead of, uh, playing Call of Duty or Madden, I felt like breaking up the monotony with writing a song. I said, you know what? I'm about to write a song. Uh, on, on my iPad, I had this app called music studio and I was always intrigued with music. I was music. I'm musically inclined. So, um, so, uh, what happened was, um, I started making this song on my, on my, on my, on my Apple, on my iPad and everything was coming out good. I said, yo, I'm about to put this, I'm actually about to write to it and put this out and call it message to my haters. So I wrote it and I said, how cool would it be for me to tell my friends to go out on iTunes and buy this song for 99 cents. I, cool. <laughs> I just said, yo, this song could be dope, man. I'm about to put this song out there. I'm going to tell people to buy it. And, you know, just how cool would it be to just tell people to, yo, I'm yeah. on iTunes, man. Go check me out. Man, I put that song out there called Message to My Haters. I composed it on my iPad and Music Studio. Uh, I put it out there. Didn't think nothing of it. I did it. I told a few friends and family members it was on there and just let it go. I posted it on my my Instagram as well, but I didn't think nothing of it. About two months later, forgot about it and everything. Two months later, sitting in my um, sitting in my room, I pulled up my laptop, and I pulled up my TuneCore account, and I just want to say, let, I said, let me see. And they told me to check back two months to see what type of sales has been generated. It's usually like a two month span. So I looked in there and I, you know, I pulled up the laptop. generated almost it was like nine hundred and ninety eight dollars bro yeah i generated a thousand dollars in two months and i was just like oh no you didn't cj <laughs> oh no you didn't bro so <laughs> so then i put two and two together i had my business mind came together and i said whoa what do you you might have something here for real i'm like you bear, you didn't market it 
you put it out there. It was okay. I, I guess it was better than okay, but it was I. It was fun to do, and I, I mean, it it aligns with my message. You know, I had some motivational thing message to my haters. Sit back and enjoy the show. Everyone that doubted me, now you're going to know. It was like it was like so. It was motivational. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talking about talking about baseball, ball one, ball two, ball three. The pitcher acting scared because he don't want to face me. Got the you know what I'm saying. So it's it's so. But anyway, but I said okay, all right. Well, I didn't really take that serious. Now I'm getting ready to take this for real, for real. Like I'm gonna go get a song. I'm gonna get the track out, and I'm gonna go to a studio. Like that was just like I went to a studio. I didn't know that I just was in there. I I was saying stuff that. You know, I heard Jay Z and them say, "Yo, turn me up in the in the headphones, man." I said, "I'm sorry, don't pay attention to me. I just like to say that because I hear that on every other track." But um, but I started doing it that way, man. Um, but two before I got the baseball feel good music, where my hits started coming like "Bad Umpire," "Mr. I Don't Bunt," "Like Ooh." Um, now the recent one is out there moving now, "Mr. Drop a Bomb." Uh, it's like these these type songs came out, and I saw that there was another lane that was wide open. Yeah, I said there is nobody out here speaking up for the baseball community about you know just songs. Like they, there's no. I mean, parents are are crying for clean music that they can don't mind playing as walk up music for the travel ball players. Um, they're always having to pick songs that are clean. Yep. I was having to pick songs that, you know, that don't have a lot of profanity and things in it. I said, well, how about, look, my brand is professional and and positive. How about I just start rapping baseball music? So I started out with volume one, baseball feel-good music. Volume two, volume three, and volume four is out right now, running the streets. And I'm actively right now working on volume five. Damn. Um, you know, so it's, it's a lot of, and it's developed so much. It went from from starting out as something fun and exciting to now we're actually talking about deals like going to team up with country music stars and and doing a song or a single um i know that i've had the offer that once it gets to that level that two chains the rapper um will possibly want to get something going with me and when the time is right um you know it, with evander holyfield has ties with ll cool j and my manager is like, look, LL would, would be somebody that we're going to put you in front of to see if he can help push you along. Like this this baseball music thing, like I want to be on MLB The Show. I'm going to be on MLB The Show. <laughs> I would love where, to hey, hear look, that, yeah. That's where my music belongs. You know, can you imagine it's true, yeah. if you're a player and you hear, you call it up, down, in, out. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to prove what I'm about. You're going to be like, what the? Your boy Beatty on here now? <laughs> yeah. So, man, that's where, the, that's where the music really started, man. It's just another avenue. That's what I tell everybody. It's another avenue for me to reach people, um, connect in the baseball community, give the people what they need, connect another bridge. Yeah, man, I'm so happy you did that. I've heard, I think I've heard every one of those songs except the last one. That you said you, you dropped recently. Oh, I've heard. Yeah. I've, hey, bro, you need to hear that Mr. Drop a Bomb, bro. I, I haven't heard that one yet. Right when we're done with this podcast, I'm, I'll, I'm going to look it up. Is it on your, your Instagram? Man, it's, you know, it's dead. No, just go in any platform. Go to iTunes. Go to Spotify. All right. I'll check it out on Spotify right after Apple this. Apple Music. <laughs> it's available on all of them, homie. 
Yeah, man, that's such that's such a cool story, and I love the part where um, you know, this was it, you just did it for fun. But most people are like, I'd like to write, I you know, I, I might want to write a song one day, and you're and you actually did it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the hardest part is is going from an idea where you're saying this is something I might want to do one day. It sounds fun, but you actually carved out time made something and i mean i remember that song it was a great song the first one you came out with i was like man that was actually pretty catchy <laughs> like, yeah, i was yeah, like what is he doing yeah um, yeah and it was and 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 again like it's so smart um with the niche of baseball right you understand baseball players so much um it it fits along with your message and it's motivating for people too i mean people seeing that that music is being created just for them is i i've seen so many kids repost your your songs to them training to hitting i love seeing that they take the notes from the lives yeah. and then the, then they post yeah. the songs after i love seeing it all come together yeah. um yeah. so that's amazing so everybody that's listening go to spotify go to itunes uh look up the most recent song um the most recent album support cj um I, yeah that's that's fantastic i'm glad i asked that question because that's a cool story <laughs> um yeah, and I'm sure your cousin's like, I thought I was a rapper in the family. And then, I know, I know. It was kind of crazy because it's like, and, and even to this day, my manager, he, he says, you know, it's, it's funny we say this because he feels that about 10 years from now, he says, you started out as a motivational speaker. Just saying, man, it's, it's my, my manager said it best when I, when I met with him. He said, dude, 10 years from now, I'm calling it. You know, disrespect to what you've built on the motivational speaking side, but the way the entertainment world and music world is built, I think 10 years from now, your claim to fame is going to be through music. Mm -hmm. I said, that's crazy, but I can actually believe you. It's like I'm building this motivational speaker empire where I speak and travel the world to do this. But he says, it's just that music world is so here today, gone tomorrow. And you make a song and you team up with you know, Trout or Harper, and it goes viral, and next thing you know, you're you're performing it, you're at the World Series, you're at the Little League World Series, all <laughs> yeah. because of people know your songs, and I'm like, dang, that is true. I like that. Write that down. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, so, so uh, you know, it's just funny to think something that started out back in 2015 as an idea of, hmm, let me, let me just... How cool would it be to put my song on iTunes and make my friends buy it? Now it's like, no, now we got people in different countries. Talk about some Mr. I Don't Pun. <laughs> Man, that's amazing. And it's going to be around for, for forever, right? In 10 forever. years, the, the new generation is going to be looking for walkout songs, and they'll, they'll find your music out there, too. It's, 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 it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so this is, this is the time of the interview. I call them, I say this every interview, I call them rapid-fire questions. What, I always think it's going to be rapid fire, and then I I have ADD, and I'm like, I got to ask one more question off of that question. So they're rapid fire, but there's no time limit on it. Take as much time as you want to answer them. Um, but yeah, these are a little bit more general. So okay. um, the first one is just, I mean, you're a motivator. You're the baseball motivator. Are there any quotes you you live by or that I guess would be, I guess, part of part of your mantra for the baseball motivator? Yeah, um, the quote, one of the quotes that I that I um, live by is one of my favorites. Uh, Never be afraid of failure, because without failure, success becomes nearly impossible. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm real big on that. I'm real big on standing up for standing up for what you believe in. And don't worry about failing at it, because failure is the fast track to success. Mm -hmm. 
And, and I mean, this is this is why they're not rapid fire questions. Can I, I want to know more about that? Right? That it se- that seems like a quote you've you've really taken your time um, to make. I mean, why why is failure the fast track uh, fast track to success? Think about everything that you failed at in life. If you really- you suck at something if you go at it with the right mentality of i'm still going to stick with this regardless mm-hmm. failure is going to breed wisdom breed wisdom failure is going to increase your knowledge of th- that particular thing or activity that you're in participating in uh, i just know that every time failure leaves success uh some sort of success or wisdom is left behind so it's like if that's the case then why should we be afraid of it mm-hmm. Why should we be afraid of failure if failure is doing nothing but building you to be tougher, harder, and more wise for life? Yeah, that's great. And I, I hope people really take the time to, to, to think about that, too, because <laughs> yeah. it is important. I mean, every every lesson I've learned has been pretty a pretty hard lesson, right? Getting released yeah. Um, yeah. you know, from different teams for just one example of a million. But you, you start to think about why and what could I do better? And those are where those questions come from. If you're having success all the time, you don't stop to take um, inventory of those, um, you know, those bigger issues. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome. Who are who are some people you admire? Shoot. Well, baseball wise, uh, it was always growing up. It was Derek Jeter and uh, mm-hmm. King Griffey Jr. King Griffey Jr. always had that swag, that swag you wanted. He was the kid, you know, growing up. And Derek Jeter was always the captain, Mr. I'm a, I'll hustle everybody. I'm going to work hard. Might not be the most talented because he wasn't. I mean, theoretically, he wasn't. He wasn't the most talented shortstop. He was just one of the most hardworking shortstops that, that was ever to do it. You know, he was Mr. Consistency. He was the guy that wasn't going to go over and beyond, like making that down. Not every time, mm-hmm. but he was the guy that was going to be great at making the routine play. The guy that was going to lead, lead them on and off the field. And if that doesn't embody a leader – a person that can play in New York and not be in the tabloids, then you know he's doing something right. Yeah, that actually that reminds me of a. Uh, I mean, you know, Steve Martin, the the comedian, the actor. Uh, I honestly don't know if a lot of kids are going to know who Steve Martin is. Um, <laughs> but like my parents' generation is is more of a Steve Martin generation. But he had a, a quote that said, "It's it's easy to be great. It's hard to be good." And what he meant by that was, "It's easy to be great and make that done or not play." If you have a lot of talent, it's hard to be good like Derek Jeter every day for 20 years. So we said when you're when you're you know pursuing whatever you're pursuing, whether Steve Martin was a comedian, an actor, or whether you're pursuing baseball, he's, he said the goal isn't to be great; it's to be good every day. And he said that's a lot harder than being great. I I always thought about that and loved it. And when you talked about Derek Jeter, that's the first thing that came to my mind was mm-hmm. he was just so good for so long, and that's what made him Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm in Boston right now. And, and even when Derek <laughs> Jeter retired, people, people oh, wore the yeah. respect shirt. And ultimate respect. When you got the Boston natives talking about some, Hey Jeter, they tipping their hats. Yeah. That, that lets you know. I mean, the same thing with, with Big Poppy, when Big Poppy retired. Yeah. Yankees fans were like, Hey man, that's Big Poppy, bro. You destroy yeah. it. <laughs> I understand some clutch hits and things like that. But you, you know, you give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, what, uh, what, what's one thing you've changed your mind on in the past year? Shoot. In the past year, um, I would say the biggest thing that I changed my mind on was being a savage for success. Mm -hmm. 
a savage. Like, I'm banging on doors asking questions. If I want it, I got to have it. I'm foaming at the mouth for it. That's, that's, that's been me the last year has been like, look, if I want it, I'm going to get it. And if I don't know, I'm going to figure it out. Savage. Savage mode activated. You know, it, I don't need to be calm, cool, and collected. And I'm going to make, oh, he didn't answer today. Well, I'll try him. No, no, no. He's going to answer today. I'm going to send him a text. I'm going I'm to I'm send him a smoke signal. I'm going I'm to call his mama. I'm going to see if he's got, you know, I'm going to figure it out. Because at the end of the day, um, those are the type, you know, realistically, Josh, every time I listened to a genius share their story on how they made it, it was a certain level of crazy on why they're there. Yeah. It's a certain level of crazy, you know, from the Steve Jobs to the to the uh, Warren Buffetts, to the Bill Gates, to all these people that are like deemed like superior beings, Oprah's. Like when you hear how they made it in their journey, it was a level of crazy that they testified to. And that they say, I was willing to risk it all. I was willing to sleep in this. I was willing to, you know, do this, do this, do this. And I was like, well, I put the mirror on myself and I said, am I doing that? So I said, nah, savage mode activated. So yeah, I, I turned that on, bro. I love it. That's a, a that's a good switch, and I, I'm I'm happy you're on the podcast talking about it too. I'm hope that I'm hoping that more podcasts is part of it, so we can talk more. Yes, um, yes. Well, I got two more for you. So, if you could give your your 16 year old self advice, what would that advice be? Mm, read more. Read more. Why? Read more. Because I didn't. I hated mm-hmm. books, and now I live by it. <laughs> Now I got see books on my coffee table. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just books are around me everywhere now. Um, my life didn't start changing until I started to feed my mind, mm-hmm. and that's why if I can go back, shoot, man, I would be like, yo, pick up this book and start reading it, bro. You'll thank you'll, you'll thank me later. Yeah. If I could go back and tell my sixteen year old self, hey, man, that's cool, but before you go out, <laughs> before you go over your friend's house, read, start reading this book right here. Get it done by the end of the month. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I saw how fast my mind grew in a short amount of time, like in six months from just reading one book. And I'm just like, oh, my God, if it grew that fast, imagine if I was doing this when I was 16. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What what uh, what book would you would you recommend? Um, I know the book that I would recommend for older guys, but maybe like college and up is Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yep. Think you grow rich by Napoleon Hill is 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 the first game changer book that I read. You know, I got, it's, it's, I, it's I got it. I got it six feet away from me right now. Yeah, I'm telling <laughs> you, think you grow rich yep. by Napoleon Hill. That first that first chapter talking about three feet from gold. Oh my God, that book right there, I was hooked. I was like, oh my God, they're telling stories about all these people that that the, that became something during a depression, like that that. No, I mean, excuse me, during, during a recession, not depression, during a recession. But they were telling me all these stories about how people overcame adversity and it was all through mental. And then that led me to The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. Then that led me to, you know, Robert Kiyosaki. That, that it just led me to so many more people. John Maxwell, Malcolm Gladwell, The Energy Bus, this, that. And I was just like, yo, this is dope. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so uh, just read more books, bro. Mm-hmm. read more books yeah and that actually that's a great segue into you have a book coming out that you said at the very beginning of the podcast right that might yep. be a great place to start 
Um, so let me ask me, let me ask you one more question. Then I, I actually, I want to come back to, uh, your book. Cause I mean, if we're talking about books, we might as well, uh, you know, give a little teaser into yours. Um, <laughs> but, but pretty much last of the rapid fire questions, if you could put anything on a billboard and that billboard would reach millions or billions of people, um, with a message from you and it couldn't be commercial, um, you know, or, or promoting something to make money. Um, you know, what would that message say? Mm-hmm. So many things that I could put up there, but if I had to just throw something on that could reach millions. Mm. Look, his, I'm torn, Josh, because the business side of me is to say, put your URL up there, bro. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you can't. Um, I said you couldn't. <laughs> I know, I know. I would say, I would say that quote, for real, mm. that quote, that quote is so powerful. It really is. Never be afraid of failure because without failure, success becomes nearly impossible. Like mm-hmm. People need to see that. And as a society, if we grow our brains, I feel like there will be less struggle out here for everybody. You know, it, will, it really would. I feel like they, they, would, they would really benefit from that. And then smallproudpussyjbitty.com at the bottom. i'll I'll allow it i'll allow that that's fine (laughs) if you want to learn more about this quote go to your website it's fine (laughs) uh man this is this has been so much fun uh i the mic's yours i want talk about your book for a little bit talk about you know any camps you have public speaking i mean this is this is your time you have the mic tell us what's going on i want everyone to go follow you when they're done with this and so tell people where to follow you and and how to get the most out of you know, CJ and the baseball motivator. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks. Thanks for giving me this time to talk about it. So follow me on all platforms. The main one that I'm on is Instagram, CJ Beatty 44. Same thing for Twitter, CJ Beatty 44 for the parents that have not quite converted to Instagram just yet. (laughs) Kind of late behind the party. Um, But the book that's coming out is, it's an extension of me. It really is. I want literature out there. Uh, people have been begging me for it. They were like, dude, when you should have a book out, man. I mean, if it can capture um, your personality, I would read it all day long. Like, people kept saying that. I turned the next corner, go to the next event. They're like, do you have any any books out or anything like that? I mean, because I, my son, he would eat it up, and we need something in front of him. I was like, yeah, there's something coming soon. And that third person said, hey, man, do you have a – I said, what, a book? He's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, yeah, because everybody's telling me that. Yeah. <laughs> so I just said, you know what? But it's it's time for me to put something out there. And then if you think about it, Josh, there's not really a book. Here we go. There's another lane that mm-hmm. needs to be that needs to be bridged. People ask all the time, what's a good baseball book? And they have to refer like to Ty Cobb's book, Ted Williams' book. They got to refer to uh, these other mental books. But there's like not a popular relatable this is what i gave my son a daughter this is what i this is the go-to book to connect them to what they need to know um that's what we're working on right now i have a i have a dynamic co-author that's helped me through we just i actually went through the rough draft of the first six chapters today it should be out by the end of the summer early fall um and it's it and it's beautiful it, if you like the way that i communicate you're going to love the book because I'm, I'm in there telling you straight up i'm talking about the release I think it's chapter one. I'm talking about my release from the Cardinals, really, and where I went wrong and what my, what was going through my mind and what I learned. After every chapter, we just figured this out today, too. I'm telling you, I'm selling this book great because it's going to be great. I'm going to make sure of it. 
<laughs> after every chapter is going to be something that's going to be a call to action for parents, players, and coaches. That's great. After every chapter is going to sum up the chapter and then it's going to give you something to write out. It's going to talk to you about it after every chapter, everything. So it's going to be the first of my uh, CJ Beatty book series. This is going to be the kind of the welcome onto the book series platform. It's going to give you a who is CJ Beatty and what did he learn? Then there's going to be one that's just geared towards coaches. There's going to be one geared towards just travel ball parents. It's going to be ones geared towards showcases and, and recruiting. So it's, it's going to be a lot of, a lot of different books out there. Man, that's awesome. Um, Cool. Well, if, if if you don't have anything else, um, oh man, hold on, stop. Yeah, you gotta go to cjbaity.com. Make sure you go there to my website. Just it'll sum up everything. Uh, I speak to baseball players, softball players, corporate companies, churches, youth groups, elementary schools. Have a song on YouTube called "Have a Good Day." We're getting ready to have a school a school tour. I'll say this because I want to put pressure on them. Dipping Dots it might be a sponsor of uh. <laughs> of my a school tour so i'm going to put pressure on them because we need to change the world dipping dots let's go let's get this, <laughs> let's get this deal done um but yeah man we're doing some big things uh and the reason why it's big is because we're changing people so follow me cjb 44 on instagram connect me connect me to who you know get me to come speak up there in your community I smack people with motivation. I punch them in the jugular. <laughs> I, I literally walk up to people and my words knock them out with motivation. People leave out of there like this. They walk out like this because I freaking go ham. But, hey, it works. <laughs> That's why you see the logo right here on my hat because people love it. If you want the apparel, make sure you go to cjbaity.shop. We got over 60 items. So let me tell you about my shop real quick. Yeah, Stop go for it. Quickly. Josh, bear with me. Let me tell you about my shop real quick. This ain't just your typical online store that people say they have, where they have two things in there with a chapstick and a visor <laughs> and maybe a, a whistle or something. No, this is a legitimate store. Over 60 items brought to you by Augusta Sportswear. We teamed up 60 items. Huh? How many? You heard me. 60 items. We got snapbacks. We got visors. We got dry fits. We got TSM, TBM. We got even the soccer shorts. Why soccer shorts? I don't know, because the girls like to wear it, so I put it in my <laughs> store. We got we got it all in there. Make sure you go to cjbaity.shop. Shop till your heart drops. If you really want a discount, slide in my DMs head first. I might be able to give you a code. But if you don't hear it from here, you won't hear it from nowhere else. Love you. That's all my time, Josh. Awesome, man. <laughs> awesome. Uh, that's it. CJ Beatty, go follow him. Go shop till you drop. Slide into his DMs head first. CJ, thanks, man. Appreciate it. This was a blast. No worries, Vital. Thanks for having me on, Josh. This is definitely the first of many, man. Thanks. It's been an honor. Of course. See ya. Thank you for listening to Spotlight by Play Crane. And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the ball. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Until next time, take care.